You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Garrett and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how are you doing today? Doing good. Excited to talk about some tight ends. This is a really interesting class. Constructed a lot differently than last year's as there isn't really any elite guy, but there's a good amount of depth to this class um, and kind of a different, a lot of different flavors, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Just a lot of different, not only skill sets, but also just body types as well. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting class. Like you said, I think it has pretty good depth as well. Um, so let, let's get into our top tens here. Um, I'll start out with my number 10. That is a Cole Turner from Nevada. Um, 6'6", 249 pounds, decent athlete. He plays the ball well in the air. Uh, solid hands, but my God, he is a horrible blocker. He is a one-trick tight end. He does his one thing he does it decently well I, I i do think a lot of the guys that are higher do there's some of these guys that do what he does just as well or even better and his blocking is a major major issue for me i think that it's going to be very situational and how you can use him i don't think he can be a starter for you yeah so turner is actually also my number 10 so we're aligned so far uh yeah, it's interesting because, you know, he comes from an air raid offense where he is essentially just a massive slot receiver. Yeah. Like you said, isn't a good blocker. And that's mostly because he doesn't pass, he doesn't block at all. I think he has 11 pass blocking snaps in his entire career, and he's not asked to run block very much either. Um, in 2020, 80% of his snaps came as a slot receiver. And over in 2021, over half were as a slot receiver and less than one third of his snaps were as a, like a normal attached tight end. So He's going to be a bit of a project in terms of, you know, if you're even going to try to teach him a block or if you're just going to be like, listen, we're going to make you into a poor man's Travis Kelsey and just like never ask you to be in line and block. So my comp and the other problem is that he didn't test particularly well. You know, he only had 27 inches in the vertical, which is in a bit. It's within like the worst one per- like first percentile. Uh, and he only ran a four, seven, six forty, which at his size is decent. Not great. His agilities were fine. Um, so that's going to be, gives people some pause. Um, my comp for him was basically like if Zach Ertz was a lot less athletic, um, cause like Ertz, he doesn't really block that well and doesn't really want to, but I think that that receiving profile, you know, ability to run routes, get open, uh, attack the field vertically i think teams will be interested in that maybe not early but you know at some point in day three he's gonna get picked for sure yeah and and like we we talked about good depth i have a fifth round grade on him i think like yeah that's where i have him pretty much i have him going like at the kind of the early fifth because but yeah i'm right around that range yeah i have a mid fifth so yeah i completely am right there with you i think that's about the range for him um and so uh He's your number 10. Who's your number nine? So this one is, like we said, a lot of different types. This one's pretty different as well. So my number nine is Chigosium Okonkwo out of Maryland, who is an H-back F-type tight end, uh, 6'2", 238. So not your typical build, more of just like a bigger fullback. Um, And I saw like some highlights of him and I saw like he was getting a lot of buzz the Shrine game. And so I was looking into him and I was kind of hoping that he would be like a Janu Smith type. And the thing about John Smith is he has a very similar build, but he's an incredible blocker for his size. And unfortunately, Okonkwo is not that. So he's more of a Gerald Everett type. That's my comp for him. And he gets moved around a lot. He's very rarely used as an inline blocker, but he's really fast. And he's really explosive. Uh, great after the catch, you know, has a lot of ability to make defenders miss and can run through them. Uh he has he has good hands. Um, there's like his ability to catch like outside of his body and make awkward catches isn't the best. Um, 
but he runs a lot of different routes in that offense and he ran them pretty well. Like I said, you really don't want him being in line. You really want to have him blocking in space, if anything. But with that being said, when they played Michigan, he had some nice reps against David Ojabo, especially in the run game um, against Aiden Hatch Hutchinson, not so much. Yeah, I, I'm I have him a bit higher than you do. Um, not insanely higher, just a just a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the thing with him is like he's uh, just not going to be for everyone. Like there are teams that are just like, listen, we need bigger tight ends. Like we don't really have this kind of role in our offense for this weird hybrid type of player. And they're just like, listen, he's just not our type. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that. I personally like him. Like I, I think he's pretty good, and I have him in the next tier up. Okay. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if there's a guy that you're higher on than I am, or if it's, uh, or if I just didn't watch who is your other guy, and <laughs> I considered it a top eight. Um. And so, uh, yeah, my number nine is Grant Calcaterra. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, I take it you were higher. No, I, I don't even have him in my top oh, ten. Okay. Uh, decent route runner tends to, I, I think he, uh, quite honestly, he tries to do a bit too much and is taking a lot of shorter steps and it just is wasting time because he doesn't stride out enough in his routes. And it, it so it just ends up being slow. So at times, um, he, he is a bad blocker. He, uh, takes the right angles to get there but when he gets there he doesn't bring any sort of physicality and he doesn't have uh the right technique but he is a good blocker and i think he plays the ball pretty well oh wait hang on did, did you say he's a bad he said i think you said he's a good blocker and a bad blocker in the same sentence oh uh <laughs> no, i meant he takes good blocking angles okay yes yeah no he is a he is a bad blocker uh, okay. let me let me be a hundred percent clear there <laughs> is a bad blocker. I may have meant to say good athlete. There you go. Yeah, that makes uh, more sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he is definitely not a good blocker. He has absolutely horrid technique and uh, no physicality. But like I said, he takes the right angles to get there. So if you could teach him any sort of blocking technique, maybe he could be passable. But it, so. It's... Is that the why you have him above Turner? Just because he kind of he at least knows where to go, yes. and you know, kind of has more of the effort in blocking, whereas Turner yes. lacks that. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep. It, those two are very, very close. There's yeah, like, that's fair. There's a group from thirteen to nine that I think were pretty close for me. Mm -hmm. So he's right in there. Yeah, I so I think the main reason why Calcaterra didn't make my list is because I'm still just concerned about his injury history. You know, he took a year off from football, uh, retiring due to concussions, then came back. Um, so and he was even before that, he had some other injuries at Oklahoma. So I'm just a little concerned about his ability to hold up in the NFL. Um, so that's why I'd be like a little more interested in a guy like Turner, who, you know, again, like, you know, he's not going to block. So like, just don't put him out on the field in those situations, but you could at least find other ways to get him on there. And you don't have to be as concerned about the health portion of it. But I see your point, but I definitely agree. Like on film when he's on the field, he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, injuries are going to be a concern with him, but like, again, he's another guy. I have an early fifth. Mm -hmm. Like he, it, if you want to factor in the injuries there, you can. But at that point, I kind of think it's just a risk you got to be willing to take for a guy that, like, more likely than not is four or five years in the league. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, see, I, I think with Turner, like, I think that his shelf life might be a little longer. But again, if he doesn't blocking, that is part of it. That is kind of the part of it. Um, so I'll go on to my number eight, who is the exact inverse of almost every guy we've talked about. And it's Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, who is, if you looked up what a Y tight end was in a football dictionary, there'd probably be a picture of Jake Ferguson there. Um, just a lines in line blocks really well in mostly gap power schemes. Um, his route tree is relatively limited, you know, ins, outs, stick, spot, snag, drag, slant, curl, flat. That's it. <laughs> uh, but he's good at that. Um, he gets you yards you know, I, I think I, my prediction for him is that basically he's going to play in this league for like 10 years. He's going to have between 20 and 30 catches every year between 200 and 400 yards. 
and between three and five touchdowns every single year, no more, no less. <laughs> I have him a little bit higher. Don't want to add to him uh, too much, so I'll just leave it at that All right. for now. <laughs> um, my number eight is uh, Chagosium Okonkwu. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think he um, – I thought – I liked his blocking a bit more than you did, especially in that Michigan game, like you said, against Ojabo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get destroyed by Hutch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I thought he did a good job. But there were a lot of times where he was able to work back to underthrows. Um mm-hmm did a good job, which in that Maryland offense, there were a lot of underthrows, despite yep. the fact that he barely, like he barely ran downfield, but when he did and he actually got the ball, the ball was underthrown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I want him to improve his route running as well. Um, I think he has the ability to do better, but he just doesn't have the reps at this point, just because, so much of what he does is just going out to the flat. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he is very good with the ball in his hand. Um, and, and that's where I think you see uh, you see those uh, Johnny Smith uh, comps come in just mm-hmm. because of how good he is with the ball in his hands, but the other stuff around him around what he does at the tight end position just isn't there the same way it was with Johnny. Yeah. And that's like why I love Johnny so much because like, despite being sized like that, he was an absolute dumb, absolutely dominant run blocker, which was crazy. Um, and then I get you add on that crazy physical ability and, and rant the catch uh, creation, which is awesome. Uh, so uh, I'll go to, you did your, you just did your number eight, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'll go to my number seven because he was your number eight, Jake Ferguson. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I I like Ferguson a good bit. Um, again, like you said, just your prototypical wide tight end. Um, good blocker, good hands. He, he's an, a slightly above average athlete testing wise. Um believe he was like a 6.7 ish RAS. I've got the list pulled up, so I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. 6.7. You're absolutely right. Um, and then honestly, the most surprising thing with Ferguson was he was better with the ball in his hands than I expected given Mm -hmm. your prototypical Wisconsin tight ends. He (laughs) he's, he's better than what I expected for sure. Uh, we're going to see a few more guys and they're just a better version of that same mold later on in both of our lists. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like when I'm kind of doing mock drafts and looking at teams that need tight ends, there are a few teams out there that just need like a pure Y tight end. Like, like it got, I think like one example is like the Jaguars, the chargers, the Vikings, like they all have kind of your move F or H type tight ends, but they just need a guy who can like come in, set the edge as a run blocker as an inline tight end and just do the basic stuff. And guys like Jake Ferguson and some other guys we'll get to later, you know, every team kind of needs that. So if you miss out on some of the top guys, you know, maybe come back in the late fourth or the fifth and get Jake Ferguson, you're going to be happy for a decade. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Uh, I have a, let me check. I have a fourth round grade on him. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think if you take him in the fourth, you'll be, happy with that um so who is your number seven player with how this is going i'm wondering if he's not on your list uh it's charlie kohler from iowa state he is not okay that's interesting so i like kohler it seems like a lot more than the consensus um i think he's extremely versatile you know i i he's not you know, traditional inline wide tight end, but he's a pretty decent blocker. Uh, they asked, they have a lot of tight ends on the field at Iowa state. They would flex him as a receiver a lot, but he also would be in line sometimes. Um, I just like his, you know, you can really ask him to do anything. You know, he can line up as a true X wide receiver. Like he's pretty cl- He's not saying he is, but he, in terms of how he's used, he's very similar to Travis Kelsey. Um, I have his comp as Mark Andrews though, just because Andrews was used in a similar way in college, but maybe isn't as good of a blocker and it's fine. It's with Kohler. It's weird though, because, you know, for being such a, a uh, frequently used receiving weapon, he is not 
the best athlete. And I know that his pro day numbers came out and they were very good, but then I saw some reports about those being um, inaccurate. So I think according to RAS, those numbers are seeming to hold where he ran a four, six jumped 10 feet in the broad 35 in the vertical uh, seven second flat in the cone, three cone, 4.3 shuttle. So those are all good numbers. Uh, got good size, six, six, two fifty two. But I know some people have concerns about his athleticism. You know, maybe he isn't going to be, you know, we have some dynamic, really, really dynamic guys in this class um, that we'll get to later. And maybe he isn't that, but I still think he's a NFL caliber athlete that can be a really good weapon in the passing game. Yeah. I, I mean, so well, you asked if he was on the list. I just took a look at my rankings. He's at 11. Okay. <laughs> so it's, yeah. So I, I'm not like insanely lower on him. I have a fifth round grade on him. So what kind of knocked him below guys like Calcaterra and Turner for you? Um, again, he was a guy I'm looking, he, the, now, I only watched two games of Kohler, and the one he had a, multiple drops. Okay. Um, and so that kind of knocked him down in the Texas game. Um, and then uh, I did not think his uh, blocking, I thought he was uh, not, not Cole Turner bad, but uh, I thought he was on the same level of Calcaterra where he just isn't bringing the technique or physicality to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's, when we're talking about him versus Calcaterra and Turner, they're within two points of each other on a hundred point scale. All right. Fair enough. So we're, I'm, I was very much splitting hairs there. Yeah. I mean, so I just wanted to go look, so I, I, I'm guessing, hang on, I'm just kind of trying to find the number. So it looks like, well, one of those drops happened in the, it actually says no drops against Texas. That's interesting. Um, But he only has five career drops, according to PFF, for a a career drop percentage of 2.9. So two fumbles, though. That's interesting. Yeah, unless I put that, unless I have, I'm looking at the wrong game. Yeah. Uh, The other, he had one against Tech and one against Iowa this year. Um, But his contested catch rate was not that great in those some of those games uh but yeah i mean i still like him a good bit um i also am a sucker for guys who are like really smart and i think he was i can't remember if he won or he was just a finalist for the campbell award which is the academic heisman and i think he had like a 3.99 gpa in mechanical engineering so i'll always stand on the table for uh super nerds in terms of the draft yeah no that i mean if you're looking, like I said, we're looking at, for me personally, 9 through 13, we're within, those are all within five points of each other, and 11 to 9 are within two. If we're looking at something that's that close, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, and I would say that, so my, I would say that uh, Chagosium and Cole Turner are kind of in a bucket together, then there's a little bit of a gap. And then I think the next three guys are in the next bucket above them for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little higher on a Conquo than you, but yeah, I, I, and a little lower on Kohler, but generally agree. Yeah. So then who is your seven? My seven was Ferguson. Oh, right. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Then uh, let's do your six. Then my number six is Jelani Woods. Okay. I don't know if you're higher or lower. It's- I am. I am a lot higher. <laughs> so and I didn't think I would be. I was very surprised, uh, but I am a lot higher. But continue. Man, Jelani is. I was surprised at how good he is. Yeah, same. <laughs> I saw you see the athletic testing. This dude's a just tall. He's six seven. He's a big play threat he can go up high points of ball i think he actually runs decent routes which was surprising i my number one concern with him is i don't think he necessarily has natural hands mm, i saw I, I caught that a few times too where he yeah. kind of double clutches the ball yeah and that might just be a reps thing but i agree with and that so that's, yeah when i'm looking at it my top six are kind of bunched 
a mm-hmm. good bit together. Um, I, I had like seven and eight by themselves and then another tier here. Um, if I'm looking at separating these guys, I think not having natural hands is going to put you at the bottom for me. That's fair. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about it more later, but I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this. I don't think that his tape necessarily matches up with his testing numbers because, and that's mostly just because his testing numbers are legitimately like elite all time. Yes. Like, they are I, the best. It, he has the best RAS um, for those that don't um, look in that much. That's relative athletic score. It's size adjusted athletic testing. Um, yeah. He has the best uh, RAS for a tight end of all time. Yeah. And you know, six, seven, two fifty three, like you said, 37 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot, nine inch broad jump, four, six, one forty, four, three, three shuttle and six, nine, five, three cone at an insane size. Um, and I don't think that that necessarily was the case on tape. However, I think that I, I, I can, the jumps did not surprise me. No. The I, other stuff. Yeah. The agilities like a little, were a little surprising, yeah. but I think what happened was, is and it might've just been him getting more comfortable at the position. I think that as the season went on, he just looked faster and smoother. And I think he might've kind of played some weight off. Like we hear about kind of defensive linemen playing themselves into shape. I'm not saying that exactly him, but I, you know, when he was at Oklahoma state before he was listed like 270 plus. And I think that's what he was listed at when he came to Virginia too. In his weight testing, he came in at 253. So I'm imagining as season went on, he might've gone from 270 down to 260 and then kind of, gotten a little smoother, a little quicker, um, or like, or maybe he just got more comfortable. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that happened on tape. Yeah. But I'll get to him later. Yeah. And I did want to shout out before I, uh, we moved on. He held up decently well in pass protection. I want to shout out the Illinois game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they were motioning out the tackle and just letting him play tackle a couple times. Like, yeah, and the Virginia he, he was the, fine. The Virginia offense is something. I, I think I can only describe it as like if you gave like three 12 year olds a kilo of cocaine and just said design an offense, <laughs> and that's how the Virginia runs that's how Virginia runs their offense. Because it's absolutely unhinged. Yeah, and those uh 12 year olds are uh young Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, and uh just Matt like, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like you got three quarterbacks in the field at any given time. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Also, I, Virginia, it doesn't help that Virginia has like no regard for numbering conventions. Yeah. Tight whatsoever. end number zero, wide receiver number 99, uh, quarterback have, number 98. They used to have a time. quarterback. His name was Lindell Stone, who was number 36. <laughs> Oh, and it was I, like a I chunky remember. lefty. It was so funny. They have a thing for lefties too. Cause yeah, Brennan Armstrong's definitely. a lefty mm-hmm. as well. And he wore 98 when he first got. To oh Kansas. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like, God, no, oh. I'm kind of hoping that now that they have a new coach, that's going to go away because it's a bit of an eyesore. It is, but it's kind of fun that it, it is fun team. that they have an identity. They have a thing, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number six now, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my number six is Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state. And Ruckert's definitely had an interesting journey because I think kind of going into the year, he was a lot of people's number, probably number one or number two tight end, maybe number three, if you really liked um, Jalen Weidermeyer or Jaleel Billingsley, but he was like the more traditional one. And I still like him a good bit. I I do have to wonder, like, does CJ Stroud just hate him? Because there were times where like he was wide open and CJ would just not look his way. It wasn't just CJ Stroud. (laughs) <laughs> it's fair it, it was it it was also uh justin fields too yeah but at least like you like you remember like the the back like the clemson semifinal last year and like he got a lot of play i think in the other semifinal too so yeah it was just weird like how he just and i get that their receivers are like all time but still just amazing the number of times he didn't get any looks um but i think he's gonna be a very solid like number two h type tight end in the nfl he can play in line you know he's not He's not a great blocker. I would say he's a solid to good blocker. Um, he needs to, he needs to get better. I think he needs to get stronger. There were times where he kind of got thrown around, um, but he's. I think he's one of the best vertical threats among this tight end class because of his size, ability to get down the field quickly, 
and very good hands. I love the way he addresses the ball, just looks it into his hands, transitions really quick into a, into a runner. Um, so I think you can, I think he's willing to block. I think you can teach him to be better. I think you can get him to be stronger. And I think that he can be a really good tight end for a while. Yeah. I'll get to him in a little bit. All right. Um, so we're up to my number five. Yes. Which, um, so I've, I said it before hundred point scale. Um, this guy beat out woods by 0.16. <laughs> um, and that's Isaiah likely. Okay. He's also my number five. Um, yeah. So like likely is very, another guy, very good after catch. He's a solid route runner. He has decent hands. Um, I was, I was surprised at how poorly he tested. Yeah, that was very strange. Um, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect some elite athlete. Like, I think there are definitely better athletes out there. Um, and I think you could make the argument that he is the, of at least my top six, you can make the argument he's the worst athlete. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't see that bad of an athlete like he tested. I wonder what's up. He was a four point four eight flat in the 40. Yeah. And, and his RAS was in the fours as well. Yeah, just, just below. And it's weird because his jumps were elite 36 vertical, 10 foot, three inch broad jump. Just the agilities killed him. And his 40 wasn't that great. Yeah. And I no, think just yeah. when you have a guy who's that light, you kind of expect him to be a better athlete. So yeah, I was very surprised by that as excuse me as well. And I think it may be because you watch him against, you know, these, these sunbelt and like lower level opponents and he looks so much better or fat and like more athletic. So then when you kind of just put it in a uh, standardized setting, it might kind of come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. I, I had a tough debate him at five or six, just because I, I like Jelani Woods upside a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think if you're looking for a guy that can be a star player, you take Jelani Woods um, over both my four and five guy yeah. for sure. I, I think he is the upside swing. I'm just, again, uh, the hands with him worry me compared to likely who I think has pretty good hands. Yeah, I, I think honestly, of, of all the tight ends that I watched, I think likely was the most disappointing for me because – I thought I know some people have him as their tight end one in this class. I I think at one point he was like my tight end two. And then I watched him a little more closely and he like, you know, it, that offense is obviously pretty wacky, but he is a willing blocker. He's used as a blocker a lot. Like he'll be like an insert on kind of like halfback ISO plays, which is cool. Um, they'll have him like doing motion blocks and everything. And he's good at it, but I mean, I don't think he's that great. Like I think he was able to succeed against Sunbelt defensive ends, which, you know, compared to the NFL, it's going to be a big step up. And I think, I think you said I had this issue with Oconquo is that like, I'm not, I think him transitioning to the NFL is going to be tough from a route running perspective because a lot of his routes are kind of done in motion and attacking the flat and then maybe like turning them up into a wheel route or something. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not yeah. sure. I, I think what, when I watched the games, I saw mostly it was flats, wheels and uh, seam. Yeah. Like, and the seams are great for sure. And like good hands and all that. Um, I'm just, I think, I think for him, it might take a little time to kind of get caught up to NFL speed. And even when he does, I'm not really sure kind of what the long-term projection is for him. Cause he's, Uh, I I see, I I just was going to say, I see him as like a, uh, just a solid tight end two where he's your move. You can put him in the backfield uh, if need be as like a, H back type. Uh, yeah. And, and you can get away with it. And he's just going to provide enough versatility to be able to do those things. Uh, and he'll be good. Again, he's very natural being out in the flat. That's where most of his uh, routes take place. I, I think he is just your prototypical second, third tight end. I don't think he's a guy which he was a, he was just like for me a very very high fourth like the highest grade i could give a fourth round grade mm-hmm. gotcha. um i just can't see him being a tight end one yeah i think i agree with that because i think yeah i think and i think the interesting thing is like and this is relative to 
uh, a guy you have hired, a guy I just mentioned, Ruckert. Like, Ruckert hasn't tested because he's been hurt. Um, and I think that if we got those numbers and we had them officially, I would, I think I would feel that's like, I think Ruckert for me are very close. And I think if I had those numbers officially, I would have Ruckert higher. I might end up moving him up anyways, just because he just the level of you just you see it you see the level of competition he's playing and what he's asked to do and it's like okay this is a lot more easy to translate to the nfl relative to what likely can do and i get that likely is the upside but i think yeah i might end up moving ruckert up actually uh, so ruckert was your six and likely was your five yeah so i might flip-flop those we'll see yeah i i guess we can go to my four then which is jeremy ruckert okay uh, so just, uh, yeah, again, you, you've said it before. He is a very big, versatile player. I think he can do just about anything you ask of him. He just wasn't super highly used. Um, I, I think, you know, he's a guy who can be a mismatched piece. If you put a linebacker on him, he's able to separate fairly well. Um, he is a good enough blocker. Uh, I think he does need to work on his balance uh, when he is blocking in the run game. I mm-hmm. think he tends to fall off a bit. Um, but uh, again, just a physical player can do just about anything you ask. Decent at pretty much everything. It, it's just a very well-rounded player. I, d- I don't see the elite trait with Rucker, mm-hmm. but I just see a very well-rounded player. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that if you had to like pick an elite trade, I, th- I really am impressed with his ability to affect, to get like get vertical and attack the seams and stuff. And he just wasn't used that in that role very much. And I think an NFL team could kind of exploit that and get him in that role a bit more. Um, on a similar note, I'll, I'll give my number four. It's Greg Dulcich from UCLA, who uh, kind of a sleeper going into this, into this process, but has been consistently rising up, especially since the senior bowl. And I really, at the senior bowl, I thought he was the best route runner of all the tight ends there. He was exceptionally smooth in and out of his breaks. Um, And then on film, he also threatens the defense vertically, uh, but more so after the catch. Um, He's got really good balance and agility to make defenders miss. We'll run through them. Um, And he's a pretty good blocker. Like he's not the best against uh, defensive linemen, which makes sense, but he has uh, struggles, uh, you know, sustaining and finishing those blocks. But Against linebackers and defensive backs, he's really good. Um, and uh, sorry, I just lost my place. Oh, yeah. I The other part of his route running is that he, the way that they're often structured, he has to go over the middle a lot and like navigate through traffic. It's that's something that he's really good at. So I I like Dulcich a lot. He's my number four. Um, I'll get to him in a bit. I'm okay. A I'm wondering, I feel like there might be somebody who's like in my top that might just not be on your list, which would be interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe I'm just uh, missing a name. Anyway, so who's in your uh, number four? Trey McBride. Okay. Uh, right. I know I'm going to be a little bit lower on him than – wait, I already said my four. This is my three. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Trey McBride, because uh, Rucker was my four. Uh, mm-hmm. Trey McBride is my number three tight end. Um, I, I see a lot of similarities in terms of just, just in the fact that those two are both good at – just about anything you could ask them to do and uh, again i think mcbride is a bit of a better athlete i think he is a better blocker Mm -hmm. when we get into the um when we look at route running i think he's a tad better than rucker and i do think rucker can do a little bit more um, in terms of uh, downfield and mm-hmm. get uh, creating big plays down the seam, I like Ruckert more there. But in general, I prefer McBride's route running, and I think again he's a better blocker. And I, I think he's a great blocker. He's one of the top blockers in this class. And when when you're that versatile, that you're just a you're you are just a plug and play starting caliber tight end if a team has you out there you can do whatever they ask of you and you're not going to hinder them and i have a low third late third on him and rucker as well but uh 
Yeah, I have a late third on uh, McBride. I assume he's a little bit higher for you. He is, and so I'll talk about him later. But um, yeah, like you said, I, I completely agree. Like a very complete player. Um, again, a guy that I, I really think that there are, like I said, multiple teams that need a more traditional. You know, it's funny we in, in the recent years, you know, there's been all this talk about these like hybrid tight ends that are just big wide receivers. Uh, but you know, in this class, there's a lot of guys that can be that more traditional tight end, and a lot of teams need that. Uh, like the like the Giants have an awful tight end room right now, so I think them getting McBride or really any of these top guys in the third is a very likely scenario because they just need a guy who can be out there and be serviceable, you know, in normal rundowns. Uh, but my number three is Jelani Woods, <laughs> and okay. I have yeah, him as high. It, 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 it's a it's definitely an upside play, I think. Yeah, and it, I, it's a it's a bet I'd be willing to take personally. Like for if I'm if I'm a team with that like it's a third round pick. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. And like you said, like if, if you're going with the upside, you know, you could put him ahead of your fourth and fifth guys, but man, he is so good. Like it, it's so surprising because you see this testing you're like, Oh, like he's just going to be an athlete. He can't do much else, but man, he is a great blocker as in the past and the run game. I think he needs some technical work, but he's still new to it. So it's, you know, that's fine. Um, a really good route runner. Like he knows how to adjust his routes to manipulate his opponent's leverage, which is great. Um, you know, like you said, like hands need to get more consistent in those like kind of easy situations. But if he has a contested catch ball, he's like, he's coming down with it. Like, and defenders can be draped over him trying to hit him and they're just not going to do anything. And because of this size and athleticism, he can draw defense uh, DPIs, which is great. Um, I think he might need to put on a little weight just to hold up with blocking, uh, which might, create some issues with just separation, but I think it's fine. Uh, the size just makes him an absolute weapon. And after the catch, he's just a freight train in the open field. Like you need at least three defenders to bring him down. Um, so I really like Jelani Woods a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and that's why he's my number three tight end. Uh, like you said, I think the really the biggest issue is just getting more consistent with those hands and, you know, refining the blocking technique a little bit, but I'm still willing to bet on that. And I'd take him in the third round. No problem. So my number two tight end is your number four, Greg Dolchich. Okay. Um, again, you said it. He, he, this guy is a very, very good player with the ball in his hand. He can be a big play threat for you downfield. Um, he has decent hands, not the best. I won't say they're the best hands. He is a willing blocker, but he definitely uh, does not have the technique nor the strength at this point. Um, it, it's not as bad as some of these guys that we've talked about before, but it just is something that needs improvement. Um, I, I think that personally for me, I, I fall in love with these guys that are uh, able to be physical tackle breakers, good athletes, uh, able to get yards after catch. I just have a tendency to probably, probably overrate these guys, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was a big fan of Dolchich. At, and uh, I think, again, if you're looking for someone who can line up and run routes and from a Y or an H uh, position i think he is a great pick you obviously have a lot of these f type f type tight ends that we had a bit lower that you can get good value out of on day three but if you want that a uh, high-end inline receiver i think he's the top guy just for that i think a lot of these other guys that are in this tier are significantly better blockers though yeah, I would agree with that. I think he kind of reminds me of Dawson Knox for the Bills, you know. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Who is so, your number two? Uh, it's Cade Otten from okay. Washington. And, you know, this – it basically, Cade Otten for me is kind of if you took Jake Ferguson and just made everything a little bit better. Um, I think he's an absolutely incredible blocker, really consistent. The Saints his blocks well, asked to do a lot of different stuff. Um, he's really, <clears throat> he's explosive out of his stance, able to cross his opponent's face quickly, um, changes direction really well, finding blocks. Um, and the, unfortunately the route tree is limited for him as a receiver, just because that offense is pretty basic and the quarterback wasn't that good. 
Oh, the um, quarterback was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but really good hands catch as well. Uh, smoothly transitions from catching to running. He isn't the best creator in terms of uh, after the catch. Um, but I think that's fine. I think his blocking is so good. And like, I, like I've been saying, like you need some teams just need that traditional Y tight end. K Dotton's the best, I think the best Y in this class, um, just because he's going to be able to be on the field on all downs, you know, provide a, a consistently reliable check down option for a quarterback he's probably not going to stretch the field super vertically and again we don't have the testing numbers because of injury um but i think that if you got him in the right offense i think you could kind of expand his role and you know get him involved on more plays like that yeah um but before i talk about him a bit um i want to say this i'm looking at the tight ends i watched um why are all the tight end prospects playing for awful quarterbacks like (laughs) I'm looking like Washington, UCLA, Colorado State, Coastal Carolina, eh, Coastal Carolina. It's eh. Rucker. Like, it's an exception. Yeah, like Rucker plays for a good tight, a good quarterback. I watched Lucas Kroll. He played for a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Depends on your definition of good. Um, good college quarterback. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um, like everyone else is playing for bad quarterbacks. It's it's eh, Cole Turner. Cole Turner, good quarterback. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, again, that depends on your definition of if you're talking about college or NFL. Oh, I think in that offense, he was, yeah. a, you know, yes. better, good quarterback. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my number one's Kate Otten. Okay. I love Kate Otten. Yeah. Okay. Um, this might get loud, but uh, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I love every second of it. Yeah. Good athlete. Uh, he is another guy who I like with the ball in his hands. He will try to truck you. He won't try to go around you. He will try to go through you. Um, he has pretty good hands. Like you said, limited route tree, but the routes he does run, I think he runs well. It's just we don't get to see as many as we would like to. And, uh, again, I, I didn't think the blocking was tremendous, but I thought he was a passable blocker. Oh, I thought it was. I thought that was, I thought that was like his best trait. <laughs> I mean, like we're talking like it, if we're looking at these top six guys, like these top high end guys, I think he's the best blocker of that bunch. Yeah, that's fair. If we're looking at like some of these lower end guys, I think there are better blockers. Um, But like, I, I thought his blocking was like good, not great. All right. Uh, I, I, again, like we're looking at all these tight ends. I have Kate Otten as a third round grade still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As my tight end one. So like these are all lower end guys, which like, yeah, his blocking's good. But if we're looking at a good third round grade graded blocker, that's like league average for a starter probably. Yeah. Like it. this is a guy where he is going to come in and be i don't know uh oh what's his name from uh the bears colt yeah he's going to be like that level player yeah my comps for him which that was also one i thought of just because of like starting immediately but the other two guys the guys that i had comps for him were hayden hurst and austin hooper yep yeah i can see uh i i think he is a lot more um aggressive than austin hooper mm-hmm um, so like, yeah, if you just are, if you just take, have an athlete, uh, an aggressive Austin Hooper. Yeah. Like so just make of, Austin so clo- Hooper a dick. Closer to George Kittle, which it's, you can't really, that comparison's not fair to make, but like maybe George Kittle's a college prospect. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I can see that. So, uh, yeah. I, I have a guess as to who your number one is. So, uh, well, yeah, I, I didn't go super off the reservation because it's Trey McBride. Um, I think he's the most versatile tight end in this class. I think everything he does is at least above average. Most of it's good. Um, some of it, it could be very good, but nothing's really elite. Um, like you said, not the, it's not going to like line up in the slot and like just burn the seam down or anything like that. Um, he's not gonna, you know, make tons of defenders miss the open field. Um, but he's a good blocker. You know, he d- does a lot of different blocking stuff. You know, that Steve Adazio offensive does one thing. It's versatility in the run game. So 
He's setting the edge uh, against power. He's lead. He's like the lead blocker in outside zone. He's uh, sliding on split zone blocks. He's pulling on gap counter power, whatever. Uh, he's doing everything in terms of blocker. So you like to see that. He's a solid pass protector. Um, as a receiver, you know, he's got really good hands. He, you know, does, he, he makes stuff happen after the catch in terms of running over people. Can make, you know, one defender miss maybe. Um, catches the ball well in contested catch situations. Um, I think that there might be some issues against NFL defenders in terms of breaking tackles and maybe separating, but I don't think it's gonna be a huge issue. Um, he finishes his blocks well with violence, which I like, I think there are, he has a few drops with like alligator arms, but it's very infrequent. So, you know, just clean that up a little bit, which is why he's, you know, he's, he's my tight end one, but again, I don't, he's kind of a fringe second round, third round prospect ish. Um, and you know, he's again, he's not going to like line up at X and, you know, run digs or comebacks or anything, but you know, you can align him outside as, as a slot receiver and, you know, he can get some stuff done there. Um, my comp for him was George Kittle again, as a college prospect, because, you know, both of them are relatively undersized, um, but extremely versatile prospects that can do a lot for you in uh, whatever offense you're running. Yeah. Again, I, when, when I say these guys are close, um, for me, one to four is two points. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's all very, very close, I think. Uh, I think these – for me, I I think there's a few small tiers, one, to th- one through four, five, and six, and I know you're higher on Woods. And then, uh, for me, it's seven and eight. Uh, your tier would be – how would you tier them? number wise so i would say that mcbride and otten are probably a tier themselves i think you could argue woods could be in that tier um then i would probably have dulcich ruckert likely then kohler ferguson then uh okonkwo and turner and then that that tier continues with uh you know your grant calcateras your daniel bellingers uh guys like that okay yeah and and yeah, I, I I think this is a very deep class, but again, mm-hmm. we're looking at the higher end guys. We have third round grades on. Let me ask you this: uh, barring like the take accounting for and like kind of eliminating injury or off field issues or what have you, has any prospect ever had a more precipitous fall in one draft cycle than Jalen Weidermeyer? Like Jalen Weidermeyer went from some people's tight end one, and he was a pretty much a consensus tight end five to like, and probably a, a top 100 pick, maybe a, you know, top 60 pick to most likely being undrafted. <laughs> Paris Ford. Yeah, that's a good one. That's pretty close. That, that would be about the range. And again, that's another one where he's just bad, bad film in 20 in the year before the draft and then horrific testing. Yeah. Uh, similar situation. Paris Ford did he opt out in 2020 and then Ford? come then? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. I don't think so. I, I just I think I might be thinking of the Twyman, the defensive tackle. Yeah, I, I believe Twyman did. Yeah, opt out. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think that's really that's like one of the few ones I could think of because I mean, oh, like Sam Howell. It's like yeah, but Sam Howell's still probably gonna be yes. a second round pick. Like that's different. Like this this dude went from you know. A, a, maybe a fifth year option as contract to not being drafted, which is crazy. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm be honest. I said, I have 18 tight ends watched. He's 18th. Mm-hmm. He, and I assume you're like day three crush is Lucas crawl. I know you were a fan of him. Uh, he's, he's the, he's my number 13 guy. Okay. He, he's a fifth, fifth round grade. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty high. Yeah. yeah. I, he is my, it, he's just so athletic man he, he is if you miss out on some of these like high-end athletes he's just a dart throw athlete man mm-hmm. he don't yeah, know but... what he's doing but man he sure looks good when he's doing it <laughs> yeah there's um who's the guy that there's like there was one guy i'm trying to find him that had I think it's it's Jamal Pettigrew from McNeese State. I didn't get a chance to watch him, but I know his testing was really good. He's a former LSU player. He was like a former four-star recruit. So, like, yeah, he's a great athlete. But, you know, kind of fell off the map. And so I'm wondering if somebody takes a chance on him. Yeah. Probably as a UDFA, but that's pretty yeah, much off the board. 
Yeah. Now next year's class is going to be, we're starting to get into fun classes here the next few years on these (laughs) underclassmen tight ends. Oh yeah. Mayer and Bowers. And if Billingsley makes a comeback (laughs) and if Gilbert makes a comeback. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. Right. He'll he'll be draft eligible. He's only played in barely any games, but he'll be draft eligible. Yeah. I feel like (laughs) yeah i feel like he'll only pull the play this year and then he'll declare it's like dude you you just need to play more football please go back to school (laughs) yeah and the problem is he's on georgia's roster is he playing over the i mean like it might be be a top five tight end next year's class it's like tight end three on his own team yeah like darnell washington like would be a tight end one on like every other team in the country except maybe notre dame and alabama (laughs) yeah yep yeah, it, it, next year's tight end class is just insane. But yeah, no, th- this year's it, it was it was I would say better than I expected going in. Yeah, I would agree with that. That like like I said at the beginning, kind of uh, if there's a different flavor for everybody, like everybody can get something that they want or need for their offense. Yeah, for sure, and not at uh, egregious prices. I remember what the Cole Komet year where people all those tight ends were getting overdrafted that was like people said last year's class was bad like after the top three i was like it was still fine like that that class the cold connect class was awful oh yeah yeah and they all got overdrafted i don't think these guys will even get like some of them will go in the second when they're third round grades but like there were there were like fourth there were like fifth six round grades gone in the third round yeah like i forget who oh yeah because you'd like yeah, Jace Sternberger and was he he was that year, right? Or was he yes. the year before? Yeah, okay. I believe I was I believe Sternberger was. Or that might have been the year before then. But anyway, then you had like the two Patriots tight ends that like haven't played to this day. Yeah, Ossie Ossie, who was like, Dalton Keene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. It, it was it was that class was rough. This class is like solid. This it, class should be solid. Yeah, like you said, I think there's gonna be a lot of like long-term vets in this group maybe no stars but guys who will be in the league for you know get two or three contracts yeah for sure i completely agree with you and so uh that'll be it for us this week we will be back to uh break down in our position ranking here uh until then let's get fired up <laughs>